before I start, I just want to honor uh, Hector and Vilma. I was just uh, so moved uh, during that baptism as you guys sort of stood next to the pool, just proud parents looking on as, as both your kids were in the pool. Like I just thought it was, it, was, it was so cool. No, but seriously, like that doesn't just happen by accident. You know, sometimes we think, you know, godly kids just, you know, they just happen, but they don't. You know, they happen from godly parents, you know, sowing into them praying for them, believing for them, even when it gets rocky and they seem to be going down the wrong road, you just, you're just there, you know, and you were there. And I just really feel like God, God just wants to uh, just honor you. And I feel like you guys have been faithful for so long and, and God's hand is on you. And I feel like there's gonna be more, there's gonna be increase, there's gonna be promotion uh, around the corner where you didn't expect it. So can we thank these guys? And I think, I think, it's people like you guys in our church that really set an example for us as, as young people of how to raise our kids, you know, and, and how to lead a godly life. So just wanna honor and thank you guys. But uh, I do wanna preach tonight, which will be good. Uh, uh, tonight I wanna share a message called, uh, I, I Can Go The Distance. Uh, I wanna uh, preach about running, uh, running our race and running with endurance. Uh, Frosty suggested that I title the message in it for a long time, not a good time. Uh, and I didn't go with that advice. Uh, that's why we're sending him to Papakura, because uh, we can't have that sort of corruption. He's not even in church tonight. Yeah, where is he? Uh, he's, he's actually preaching at Central Church. But I didn't go with that title, uh, but I do wanna preach about uh, running with endurance. And so I've titled it, I Can Go The Distance, because who doesn't love a good Disney soundtrack? Uh, for you guys not old enough to recognise, that's from the movie Hercules. Good movie. I'm not, I can't sing. Um, but I do wanna read from the Word tonight. So if you've got your notes, you can uh, page, turn with me, read with me, or flick with me uh, to Hebrews 11, uh, starting at verse 32. Uh, to paint the picture, the right of Hebrews is like sort of giving us a rock up, like just getting us really excited, telling us about all the legends of the faith and, and what they accomplished. And I'm gonna skip down a little bit. I'm not gonna start from the start, but it says, how much more do I need to say? Uh, it would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped by death the edge of the sword. Like, how epic is this? Like, it's powerful. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their love, loved ones back from the dead. And then I'm gonna to skip to verse 39. It says, and all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us. And then the writer turns to us. See, the, the, the focus shifts and he says, therefore. Therefore meaning uh, what was gone before. What, what I've just said is directly related to what I'm about to say. You need to understand what, what just happened in order to understand what I'm saying to you now. And he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd, a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us, here we go, run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. I wanna focus on these two simple ideas. What does it mean to run with endurance? And what does it mean to run the race set before us? Let's pray. God, I just thank you that you are here, God. 
I thank you that your presence, God, has been so evident in the service so far. And I just pray, God, that as I preach, God, that it would be more than just words on a, on a page, God. It would be more than just stuff I say, but God, there would be an impartation, God. There's something of what I say, God, will, will shift some, someone's heart, God. Uh, would you bring alignment, God? Would you speak to us, God? I pray that your voice, God, would be clear tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name. Anybody said? Amen. Amen. First of all, I hate running. Running is like the worst thing. I don't quite understand it. I don't really understand why people would put themselves through punishment intentionally. Have you ever seen someone smile while they're running? No, because they're in pain. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know about you, but when I run, like everything in me is like screaming at me to stop. Like surely that must be some sort of hint. You know, I feel like I'm doing damage when I'm running. You know, like it's, it's, it's a painful experience. The other day I was running and my body was screaming at me, so I started screaming back out loud. I just said, I started shouting, don't quit. You can do it. Come on. And it's okay, like there was nobody else around. It was just me. That, is that normal? Like I feel like that's normal. I feel like people do that. Like I was just trying to, you know, I was trying to encourage myself. I was trying to speak life to myself because I wasn't really gonna make it. You know, I, I know that I need to run or my wife tells me because she, the other day she told me that I'm getting fat. <laughs> well, no, actually, I said, babe, like, I, f- I feel like I should start running. I think I'm, I'm getting fat. She said, yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, so I just, you know, I really know that I need to start running, but I just, I just hate it. And running is terrible. Maybe I just don't have the right shoes for it, but just everything, like, it's just, it's not a fun experience. But you know, the thing is, I'm, I'm no expert at running, but what I do know about running is that your pace is determined by the distance you're running. Do you know what I mean? So if you're running far, you run slow. If you're running short, you run fast. Get it the other way around and you die. Do you know what I mean? Like, like it's really determined by the distance. And so like a long distance race, you wanna, you wanna pace yourself really well. I remember in primary school, I got that totally wrong. I used to be like a, long dis- uh, a, sh- a short distance kind of guy. My, my legs are quite streamlined. Uh, and um, it's another word for saying that I got skinny legs. Uh, and so I used to do the short distance race in primary school, the 100 meters. And I, I, was, I was okay, like I was fast enough to qualify for the final, but like too slow that I always came last in the final. But I made the final, so it's like, that's, that's okay. My friend was a bit smarter than me. He used to run a bit slower in the qualifying and then get to the second heat and then like smash the second heat. Thought he was the man, but I, he came 11th, I came 10th. So technically I still won. Um, but I remember one, one day I lined up for the 1500 meters. It was a bit of a longer race. I was like in primary school. So it was, it was like walking 100 kilometers or something like that. And, and so I, I decided for whatever reason that I was just gonna gas it just right from the start. And I had a friend who was really good. This was like his event. Uh, and he was really good at pacing himself. And so I'm like smashing him, like I'm overtaking him. He's like really surprised because it's not my event at all. But what I realized really, really, really quickly is that I had no energy left for the rest of the race. And so I just stopped. <laughs> like, I was like one lap in, I just pulled over. Like, this is me, I'm done. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is that I, I hadn't paced myself. Uh, I hadn't thought about the end destination. And so I didn't have enough to finish the race. Judah Green, he's a bit wiser than me when it comes to this sort of thing. I remember him telling me about his cross country just the other day. Uh, he was running his cross country and what he realized uh, pretty soon in is that he'd, he'd, he'd started too fast. 
And so he, he realized that he wasn't gonna have enough energy to finish the race well. And so what he decided to do was to conserve his energy through the middle of the race by running a bit slower so that right at the end he had enough room or enough energy to, to finish really strong and sprint to the end. And he did that and he came second. And he was really surprised because he, 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 he beat some, like, some runners that were really strong. And I'm like, man, this dude's onto it. Like, you know, like if only I had some sort of run strategy like that in primary school, you know, I could have done a bit better. But the thing is, is he, he was smart enough and aware enough to realize that through the journey, he wasn't gonna make it to the end. So he adjusted. He knew what his destination was and was able to pace himself well for the end. You know, it's so important that we realize that life isn't a sprint that life is, is a long distance race that so we need to be uh, aware and we need to pace ourselves well. Uh, I think it's really fitting that the writer of Hebrews uh, describes life as a race. Yeah. And, and not only describes life as a race, but describes life as an endurance race, meaning it's a long distance race, meaning that we need to pace ourselves well if we wanna finish well. I don't know about you, but I wanna finish well. I wanna finish married still to Abby. I wanna finish without moral failure. I wanna finish with kids that love Jesus. I wanna finish having invested my life into others that can take what I've done way further than myself. Yeah, I wanna achieve goals and do some cool things and see God move, but not at the expense of the former. I wanna finish my race well. I believe that what can be achieved after my life is way greater than what can be achieved within my life. Is that what, you know what I'm saying? I wanna leave a legacy. I wanna invest into people uh, and invest into my family to see them go way further than I could have gone. And so I wanna take tonight uh, some time to just to reflect on those thoughts, reflect on what it means to run with endurance, reflect on what it means to run uh, the race marked before us. Is that okay tonight? My first observation uh, about an endurance race is this. To run with endurance means we need to pace ourselves well. Yeah. To run with endurance, we need to pace ourselves well. I've said this before and it may seem obvious, but maybe it's not. You know, life is not a sprint. Life is a long distance race and it's less important how you start and it's more important how you finish. Too often we see people start really well, but not finish their race. You know, they say one of the most common mistakes in long distance running races is starting too fast, is starting too fast. You feel really good and strong at the start, but they say that for every uh, second that you run too fast in the first half, it'll cost you double the amount of time in the second half. And so it's really important that we are pacing ourselves well. You know, another, another common mistake uh, is that beginners, uh, they start, around a bunch of fast runners. And so they're drawn into running way faster than they should be. And so they struggle with their race because they're trying to keep up with those that have trained much longer than them or, or have been going for longer. You see, long distance running is, I believe, less about your body and more about your mind. Long distance running is about your mindset. I remember Pastor Luke said one thing. Uh, I heard Pastor Luke say something uh, early in my, on in my ministry life. He said, don't underestimate, uh, don't overestimate what you can do in a year, but don't underestimate what you can do in five. Right. Great advice, and I wish I took it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happens is, is we, we begin to get frustrated at the pace at which we're moving. Right. You know, we think we should be moving way faster than we are. Uh, we saw, sort of begin to push ahead of the plan that God has for us. 
Uh, we, what, what was once a blessing and what was once something that we're so thankful for is now uh, not enough. And we begin to get dissatisfied with what God's blessed us with or what God is doing. You know, we move from working in God's strength and seeing mountains move by faith to try and move mountains by hard work and, and just hard work. <laughs> you know, when it doesn't work, when it doesn't happen, we, we begin to become disillusioned, confused, maybe even depressed because our expectation and reality begin to get further and further apart. And I know because I've been there. I've, I've been there when I've just, I'm, I'm pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing when I shouldn't be pushing because God is doing something and moving and, and things are happening under the service, but I, I'm expecting more than what I'm seeing in reality. You know, there's always more to do. Uh, you never finish, you never switch off. You go home and you're still busy thinking and processing and, and, and trying to make things happen even when you're not, when you, when you can't do anything more. It's really easy to begin to take work home and, uh, and then begin to ignore your family and what's happening around you because you're so consumed by where you feel like you should be rather than just resting in where you are. Sooner or later, your job begins to consume everything, begins to consume everything that you're doing. You know, it's a really fine balance for those of us that are, that are driven people. Uh, there's a real fine balance between resting in God and being content with where God has you and not just settling and camping with the successes of yesterday. Do you know what I'm at? But the thing is, is we need to learn to be aware of what God is doing and aware of what, where God has us and where He's leading us to get that balance right. You know, what we need to realize is that God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. You know, we've said it many times and we've, we know it, but sometimes we're like, oh, it's a bit cheesy, you know what I mean? But the thing is, it's actually true that God's timing is perfect, that God is more concerned with what is happening in us than where He's taken us or where we're going. God is more concerned about the process and the character that He's developing in us. The thing is, is He knows the destination. He knows where we're going. He knows what's ahead, but He needs us to form character. He needs to form character in us in order to take us where He wants to take us. He needs us to be developed to the point where we can actually handle the responsibility that he wants to bring on us. He needs to develop us to the point where we can actually handle the, the blessing when it comes and be faithful with it. You know, the reality is that uh, when pressure comes, when pressure comes on anything, and Beck shared about this this morning, when pressure comes, what is inside comes out. You know, like when you squeeze anything hard enough, what is inside comes out. When you squeeze a, a, a tube of toothpaste, toothpaste comes out. When you like stand on a watermelon, stuff inside the watermelon comes out. You know what I mean? And the same with us. When, we, when we're squeezed, when the pressure comes on, then what is really inside us is what comes out. Right. What's really inside us is what comes out. And you know, you may have gifting and gifting's great, but gifting can only take us so far. Right. You know, it's character that keeps us. You know, your gifting can take you where only your character can keep you. And the reality is, is if you've got heaps of gifting by little character, there's an imbalance there and sooner or later, it's gonna balance out and there's gonna be a bit of a mess. And man, we've seen this way too often. How often do we see this in the sports world or, or the celebrity world where there's people with amazing gifting yet don't have the character to bring the balance? Tiger Woods. 
Lance Armstrong, you know, the list goes on of people that we look up to and were great, but yet didn't have the character to see them to the end of the race. And so it's so important that we recognize this, that God's timing is perfect. And we're not trying to push ahead, but we're, we're in line with God's timing and, and allowing Him to actually work that process in us. Why? Because the process and the journey is way more important than destination. It's important that God gets us there whole and gets us to the finish. You with me tonight? The second observation is this. Running a race set before us means there are boundaries that we run within. There are boundaries that we run within. You know, when it comes to running a race that's marked before us, I think we make two mistakes. The first mistake we make is we try and cut corners. And the second mistake we make is we attempt to run in other people's lanes. I wanna talk about cutting corners a little bit. You know, when you're running a race, you realize that there's areas that you can and you can't go. Sometimes in cross country, it's really tempting when nobody else is around and you're just in the middle there to simply just cut a corner or jump, you know, a little place where you shouldn't jump. But the reality is, is that cutting corners is always gonna catch up to us. We think, oh, we'll get away with it, but the reality is, is that we never do. You know, those boundaries are there for a reason. And the same way God has given us boundaries and commandments, but also wisdom that we should live by through His Word. Now, maybe we think that, that those boundaries are there to limit our freedom, but in fact, they're there to give us more freedom. How many of those kids, sometimes your parents say things to you and you're like, man, they're just trying to limit my freedom. You know, like as a kid, uh, you tell your kids, you know, don't touch the stove, it's hot. And, you know, the kid might think, well, you know, like, I'll do what I want, you know, like, like you're just trying to limit my freedom. You're just trying to, you know, suck up my fun. But the reality is, is the parent knows that if they touch their hand on the stove, that actually is gonna result in less freedom because they won't be able to pick things up for weeks. Do you know what I mean? You know the thing is that, that, that with us, we're like that with God. God's like, yeah, I wouldn't go there. And we're like, God's just trying to you know, limit my freedom. But we don't realize that actually when we do go there that it results in less freedom than we started with. You know, these boundaries are there to give us freedom, not try to limit our freedom. And so it's so important that we live life within those boundaries that God has given us. You know, I think people don't uh, just fall into massive moral failure. I don't think, you know, people just drop, you know, drop the ball, uh, do like a massive drop the ball just by accident. I think it starts with little things. I think it starts when we cross the line and then the line moves progressively further away. <laughs> we cross the line and we're like, yeah, the line's over there. And we cross the line and the line's over there. Sometimes it just starts with little thoughts, with little attitudes, and sooner or later we realize we're way further down the track than we ever wanted to be. Right. It starts with sayings like, I-, I can handle it. That doesn't affect me. Right. You know, even worse, like, I, I deserve this or-, or I earned this. It's a real slippery slope when we move from God did this and God moved and this is God's blessing till I built this. This is all about me. This is what I've done. Look how good I am. And so it's so important to realize that we're not trying to cut corners and trying to uh, just flirt with sin. Trying to get as close to the line as we can without stepping over it. You know, the reason we cut corners, I think the reason we cut corners is we, we wanna get ahead quicker, right? We, we want the end result without the process. And so we think that if we cut the corners, it's okay that we're not really cutting anything short. But the thing is, is that we always are. We always are. And God is more interested in what is happening in you than what is happening around you. Sometimes we think, oh, if I just 
go to a different church or if I just change job or if I change team or if I uh, date someone else that the problems will all go away. We think the problem is without us, but the reality is the problem is often within us. (laughs) And there's often something within us that needs to change for the world around us to change. It's tempting to, to cut the corners to get the destination quicker, but we need to realize that the journey is so much more important than the destination. And I, how many know that it's always humbling having to learn the same lesson the second, third, or fourth time? Like, ha, I don't know about you, but I just rather learn it the first time. <laughs> it's easier that way, and God's got a way of bringing us around the same tree to learn the same lesson when we don't learn it the fifth time. So let's be quick to be obedient. And I think the second mistake we make is attempting to run in someone else's lane. Attempting to run in someone else's lane. I know we've heard so many messages about this, but the reality is we're most effective when we're doing and we're we're working out of who we're designed to be. When we're positioned in our strengths, when we're positioned in the place that God has for us. And if you haven't yet, I'd really encourage you to get along to Growth Track. Really, Growth Track isn't for us. Like, Growth Track is for you. Growth track is for you to discover who you are. Growth track is for you to discover how God has wired you. We don't just rant about the dream team because we we think we have some positions that need to be filled and like if you go to growth track, we can convince you to fill those positions. Now, we really believe that if if you're part of the dream team, you're gonna discover God's purpose for you. You know, the reality is, is I'm here because of that. Like I was heading in a totally different direction. I was studying uh, commerce and I wanted to be an accountant, which is just a joyous job. But I came here and I got on the dream team. I started serving and I discovered that I had a passion for something I never knew I had. I discovered giftings that I never knew I had. I, I discovered purpose that I never knew I had. Why? Because I simply served. And it didn't start with, Steve was like, oh, hey, you look like you'd be a good speaker. Get on stage. No, it started with like stacking chairs <laughs> because I sucked at speaking. But, you know, like the thing is, is that the dream team isn't about us. The dream team is about you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The dream team is about you finding fulfillment because I already believe because I know for myself that I've never experienced fulfillment that I have when I'm serving in what God has created me to do. When I'm serving as part of a team and, 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 and running in my own lane. Sometimes we try and run in, in everyone else's lane. Why? Because their lane looks better. <laughs> like if I try to run in Dan's lane, like nobody would come to church because I can't sing. In fact, Steve once told me that I'm the worst singer that he's ever heard. I was built up. Oh, look at that. I got a bit of sympathy. That's great. <laughs> I'm gonna invite the band up as, <laughs> as I begin to close. I wanna skip back to that verse in Hebrews. And uh, you know, it, talked about, uh, it talked about running with endurance, the race marked before us. And then it goes on to say in chapter 12, verse two, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, I used to ride a little bit of, I used to ride bikes. Uh, I used to, I've kind of ridden like a whole bunch of different bikes, you know, like cycling bikes, road cycling. You know, you like shave your legs and all that kind of stuff. We're like, it was good fun. 
and then like a bit of uh, like downhill. And I remember when I came to New Zealand, I got a BMX for whatever reason. And I was down at the skate park and uh, I was trying to learn how to do like 360s out of the quarter pipe because some other dude was doing it. And, and I, I think I was asking him for advice and I remember him telling me like, that the trick to being able to do a 360 is if you want the bike to turn, you need to just turn your head. Because when you turn your head, your body follows wherever your head is pointing. And sometimes we can find ourselves in life heading in the wrong direction. But you know the secret is, all you need to do is to turn your head. Maybe you've got your eyes off Jesus. Maybe you are here tonight and, and you've drifted away. You don't realise, but you've been running in a different lane. Or maybe you stopped running altogether. Or maybe you're running in a different direction. You know, the reality is, is that we can be coming to church we could be reading our Bible. We could be doing all this Jesus stuff, but we can not have our eyes on Him. It's easy to fall into a routine or fall into a habit and not really have our eyes on Jesus. And if we wanna get our eyes back on Jesus, what we gotta do? What we gotta do is turn our head, is turn our eyes back to Him. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but I know what it looks like for me. When I have my eyes on Jesus, it's a, a place that I come to when I can hear His voice clearly. It's where I get in, maybe it's through, often it's through worship music, just letting it minister to me and, and, and being still and, and actually allowing God to speak to me, allowing Him to bring correction, uh, allowing Him to bring direction or allowing Him to just minister to me. Sometimes it's, it's getting out and, and walking on the beach and just putting myself in a position where I can actually hear from Him. It's really easy to get into the habit of just doing a whole bunch of stuff for Him, but not really having our eyes on Him. And so I wanna, I wanna give us an opportunity tonight to just to get our eyes back on Him. And uh, the band are gonna play a song in a minute. And I just wanna encourage you to get yourself in the position again where you can hear His voice. Don't worry about what's happening around you, just, and, and the people, just get yourself in that position where you can hear His voice and He can speak to you. And I think for some people, there's probably just like a subtle change, but I, I really feel like there's some people here that God wants you to bring correction. You've been trying to do it in your own strength and, and you're tired, you're weary, you're, you're like, man, I feel like I'm on the treadmill and if I, stop running, I'm just gonna get shot off the back. God says that His yoke is easy and His burden is light. That, that His, there's a grace when we're sitting in, our, in His presence, when, we, when we're running in our lane, when, when we're running with endurance, when we're pacing ourselves well, when we're running at His pace, there's a grace and the ease that comes to it. Can, can I just get everyone to stand up? And uh, I just love to just pray for you. And, uh, and then the band are gonna sing a song. And I, I just encourage you, would you let these lyrics be your lyrics? Would you let these words be your words? Would you let God speak to you? Would you let Him minister to your heart? God, I just thank You that You're here. God, I thank You that Your presence is here. And I just pray, God, as we sing, that You would minister to us. God, that Your voice would speak. 
God, that all the noise, God, would be silenced, God, and we'd be able to hear you clearly, God. I thank you, Lord. I will live for the